0: All right, hello everyone. Welcome to the King Metzcare podcast. Uh, we are at episode number four. Uh, we did, I did a solo podcast last a uh, couple of weeks ago, uh, maybe more. And uh, this week, I'm happy that I was able to coordinate with some of my friends uh, to come on and uh, and talk about cars. I, I have to say, it is a major work to align time zones and people. And uh things that we need to do in our lives to, to get this podcast going. I don't know how people turn out podcasts like every every week on Wednesday. Maybe they get paid. Maybe that's the difference. Um, I don't, but I still do it. I think it's fun. And uh today uh it's going to be I don't know why, I'm in a JDM mood. I I I've been thinking about JDM cars for a very long time. I also have a a small announcement and Grant, uh, who's one of our two new guests, is going to hate me for it. Um, But I have an announcement announcement, uh, after we talk a little bit about um, Japan, kind of like, yes, I'm I'm in a JDM mood. And then um, it's December 8th. So we'll talk a a little bit about the highlights of the year. I have one, which guess what has to do with Japan. Uh, And, uh, Low lights, do you have highlights and low lights? I think maybe that's the lows of the year uh, as well. Um, 2024, what are we looking forward to? Uh, And then we'll talk a little bit about the used car market or even the new car market, but I'm I'm not really interested in the um, new car market. So let's welcome Alex. Hello, welcome back. You were in uh, one of our first podcasts. Thank you for coming again.
1: Thank you, Andre. I feel like uh, I'm going to be like a guest host or something soon. I hope Yeah,
0: be- yeah. I, I agree. Probably that's going <laughs> to be your, your role. Um, and then we have Grant. Hello, Grant. Hey, how's it going, everyone? Hello, hello. And Amar. Yeah, pleasure to be here, guys. Fantastic. Fantastic. So I think we cover multiple time zones uh, and even international time zones because um, Amar, you are in, uh, in Japan. What time is it there right now? Is this, is it Saturday?
2: It's Saturday and 6.14 AM in Sapporo. Ooh, I feel so bad. I feel so bad about Yeah. You're a hero, Amar. Good
0: job. Thank you. <laughs> For sure. For sure. I... Well, um, let's, um. Well, let's introduce our, our new guest. Uh, I'll start in reverse alphabetical order uh, with Grant, um, who is actually a person that I um, we share the same model with. And uh, he's the lucky owner
3: of the Pajero that Zaid had. Hello, Grant, how are you? I am great, yeah. Um, I picked up Zaid's Pajero and yeah, it got me connected here with this group, so... Um, yeah i guess a little car history for me i've had a little bit of everything uh somewhere around 65 cars uh ranging from free beater machines to the pajero to a couple of lotuses porsches along the way uh you know it's been fun cars are interesting and always trying new things is even more interesting so you know i love to share experiences and try something new
0: fantastic that's that's a pretty good intro
3: how many cars did you have say it again uh, I've kind of lost count, but it's somewhere around sixty, sixty-two, sixty-three, somewhere in there.
0: I think that is that is totally totally normal. It reminds me when you see the the meme online that says, "On average, a person owns ten vehicles in uh, his lifetime," and I'm like, "Yeah, and uh, maybe at the same time in a year." Uh, great, great. It's actually there is a, a fun fact uh, that we have a discord chat that was started in very serious fashion by alex uh just focused on pajero revolution like a little club and it was super technical and we were talking about this part number this got discontinued etc cetera, etc cetera. it was me alex and zaid and then one day this guy which is me um realize that oh look grant is uh, refurbishing the whole suspensions on the pajero it would be great to have him in the chat without asking everybody else and uh, i don't know how you feel but whenever you sell a car to someone you're like okay take the car and disappear from my life well sure enough i made Zaid and grant reconnect on discord <laughs> and uh, uh after after the fact i thought Oh, crap. Maybe I should have asked Zade if it was okay. And Alex too, probably. I, I didn't think about it at the time, but it all worked out, I think. Grant, I don't what, you confirmed.
3: Uh, honestly, I think Zade, uh, I mean, he would have kept sending me text messages anyway. Uh, so it was only realistic. It was just how it was going to go anyway. Zaid is forever okay. part of my life, and I am ever part of his.
0: Yep, that's, uh, the, yeah, you can't, you can't, uh, you can't. Get away from Zade that easily, Amar. Uh, your turn now. Um, I hope you're having a good, a good, strong coffee for this morning session. But if you want to go ahead and tell us a little bit about about uh, you, where you are, and uh, whatever you feel like should be shared.
2: Yeah, um, I feel like I don't belong here because I, um, I think I'm one of the guys here without a Pajero. But uh, maybe that will change uh, <laughs> if I if I find a good example in the near future. Um, yeah, I'm currently in Japan. Uh, don't worry about the, the early the time. It's I, I'm usually up at 3 a.m. because I represent clients in the U.S. So, um, you know, I'm already well into my day, so I'm okay. But yeah, the coffee is good and strong. <laughs> Still a hero. Um, yeah, I haven't had nearly as many cars as Grant. Um, I'm, I'm maybe the 15-car guy. I, I don't know. I'd have to look back and think about it. But um, currently have a uh, 2011 GT3 RS uh, that's here with me in Japan. I've got a, we've got a daily that's a Mazda CX-5 diesel, my favorite car, and a Challenge Stradale that's coming in soon. Um, hopefully in the next week or two, it's uh, we just got the plates, and uh, I should have it soon. So yeah, not that's... much, but hopefully quality. Oh <laughs> yeah, quality cars. I mean if you ask me of
0: course of course uh I, I am am a fellow Metzger uh owner so that that definitely for me uh it's it strikes a, uh my my eyes have the heart shape emoji thing um but before we go ahead um I need to read uh Zade's eulogy for all of you uh and it reads like this Hello, everyone. If you're hearing this, it means that I am currently in an exam that I probably won't pass. To make up for this unfortunate circumstance, I will have all the points I planned on making uh, read out here. Grant, you ruined my life. You are the reason I believe happiness is an illusion. (laughs) Number two, the GR Corolla is better than the Yaris and it oversteers with ease. Number three, Alex, stop hoarding no longer available NLA parts. Uh, Number four, and last, to all the others, keep it up. Okay. Uh, And then that's probably about it. Best of luck and keep on Metzgering. So,
3: I have no idea, Grant, what he meant with you in my life. Um, I I don't know, but I think it's important to note that uh, for anyone listening, uh, ever since buying Zade's Pajero, uh, he has constantly razzed me, and I've constantly razzed him to the point where Andrea probably suspects that we are an old married couple 35 years in, and we've just reached the point of just hating each other. Uh, because every opportunity Zaid has to remind me that I got that car for a price that he didn't want to sell it for even though he agreed i I'm not really sure where the uh the relationship lies, but I think it's humorous all the same
0: yep yep it's it's very it's very zaid and I feel that with Zaid um if you watch what is it called the the uh the, the strumph uh the blue little Dwarves that live in mushrooms. I don't know what is it called in, in, in the U.S. Uh, in Italian, is poofy. Anyways, there is a character there that is always grumpy. Always grumpy. And I think Zaid is probably that character in in real life. Um, so, very good, very good. Well, thank you, uh, Zaid, for the eulogy. And, and we miss you, or not, very dearly. <laughs> now, um, Japan... Um, So, Amar, you are in Japan. Grant, you just came back from a trip to Japan. Alex, uh, you have a passion for Japanese cars.
1: (laughs) I like Japan.
0: Yeah. You you like Japan? Never been. uh, And I came back from Japan in March. Why? Sorry? You you, you definitely need to make it up. Uh, And uh, actually you would be a good audience because one question that I have for the group is, why is Japan so good if you are a car guy? I mean, probably if you were born in the 50s, less so, or, or 60s, less so. But, I mean, if you were born in the 70s, 80s, I don't know, Japan is just so good. Why? Why is it? Grant, you've been there like seven times. Amar, you live there. You probably may tell us, eh, it's not that great, but as a tourist, I think it's killer.
2: I, I think, yeah, I think Japan is, it's, uh, it's, it's definitely a, a, a magical place when it comes to cars. Um, you know, interestingly enough, my my take on it might be different because I've dealt with importing cars or from the US to Japan and I've noticed and I've, and I've lived in Australia New Zealand the US and I realized the rules here are very relaxed um, you can pretty much drive and register anything um, so they're very welcoming like you know I can probably import a an M3 with a cage and get it registered here and drive around and if I can't I can get a permit to drive it for a week. That's why you see guys driving Group A, you know, Subis and Evos around town in Japan because you just go to your city hall and say, I I need a permit to drive this car to the shop. And they're like, okay, here's a week permit. Enjoy. (laughs) And then if I want to go back a a month from now and get another permit, I can do it. So you can literally drive anything here. Um, So, you know, there's not that, there's not a, a ton of oversight as far as, Uh, people kind of uh, preventing you from driving a specific car they're very open people love cars here and yeah i think the 80s and 90s there was a big boom in car culture japan was doing well Uh, you know uh, the the market was was doing well and i think people bought a ton of cars and and uh, it's not only jdms people are extremely passionate about euro cars here which i found yeah, I came here and I thought I would buy a JDM. You know, I, I love EVOs. I've always dreamt of owning an EVO, and I ended up buying a Ferrari, which, which is just something that I never thought I would have done. But yeah, it's, uh, but, it's that's, that's just to show you the, the diversity of cars, right? There's just everything yeah. here.
0: Yeah, and I was uh, I was there in March uh, with my family, and I was just surprised how every car that I would see was in in good conditions and and grant may tell me well because uh, all the the cars are rusted underneath maybe I don't know but um, I just found them to be just clean uh, and looking like they were in good conditions then I, I I don't know if they if they actually were uh, Alex can I ask you something uh, I would need you to refresh your your browser your page so that we can you thank you so much um, Grant you went you went there uh not too long ago right two months ago
3: uh yeah not even i think a month ago at this point uh mm-hmm. went to uh kyushu did a little bit of a road trip there uh i mean honestly when you say why do the japanese love cars i mean every every person in america loves taking a car on a back mountain road and i was completely mind blown at how every single road no matter where you turn was the perfect mountain road that you just wanted to sling the car through as fast as you possibly could. And no cops? No, like... Yeah. and no that police. was the thing. You'd, you'd hit speed limits on the, the expressway that were 50 kilometers an hour on a four-lane, you know, two-each-lane, divided, barricaded highway. And people, you know, would be going 150 clicks versus the speed of 50. So there was no laws. There was no one that seemed to have any interest in following the rules, but everyone just, as you kind of expect Japanese culture, everyone just does stuff with a decent respect. There's never anybody that was driving recklessly, but they didn't necessarily follow the rules. Um, so that means if you have a fast car or fun car, uh, you can get away with doing that as long as you don't go and get in somebody's way, it looks like.
0: So so the the Japanese takeovers are super quiet super respectful like at the traffic lights so they do those things i'm joking i was just picturing how a, a street takeover would look like in japan where everybody was like please please okay i am going to drift now okay and we're going to move over uh no i i think you nailed it and they the the respect part is is huge in japan uh i remember when i went to tsukuba uh that they had a mixed class race uh, and uh, it was an idler's event. And I'll, I'll tell you, some cars that I saw were an Alfa Romeo 159, a Lotus Exige, an MR2, a, an RX-7 that was spitting flames like crazy, uh, and a bunch of other cars, uh, Civic Type R, AEK9. And the, I want to say 20 cars, maybe? They started... And I thought, okay, there is going to be a pile of crash cars at the first turn. No, they they managed to do that first turn. So I, I think it's just respect for the cars and not exaggerating. And uh, this is fun, but we're not gonna kill each other. Um, it's something that is probably impossible uh, uh, to to see in in the United States. So there is that. I think they they respect the law they respect the cars they respect each other and i think it's just the variety of cars that you see there that you don't see anywhere for me it, i mean seeing a um, a mugen civic uh third gen si in white with white wheels just in traffic my god I, I would i would trade six g classes that i see every day in houston for for one of those but i don't know i i can't uh, I think Alex, you need to go there and experiment by yourself to to check out Japan, uh, and uh, especially because you are an encyclopedia of Subaru and Mitsubishi, <laughs> so I think you will enjoy uh, a visit there, and we can I'm definitely help on. you. I'll and now we have on. a resident, and now we have a resident guest in Japan with Amar.
2: Yeah, come come on over. You can stay with us. Um, Thanks, Amar. But yeah, for sure. Um, I, th- I think I, I do think things are changing here. Where um, I, you know, I speak with a lot of dealers, uh, or at least I try to. Um, and one of the common uh, commonalities with everybody is inventory that is drawing up. It's it's hard to find parts for old Mitsubishi's and Subarus. And when I came here, I thought oh, I'm going to find all kinds of cool parts, or I'm going to find old rally art parts, or I mean, and I'm obviously looking for very unique things, probably something Alex would be interested in, you know, like old Group A rally art parts. And, um, yeah, just, just in general, just searching for those things, you realize that things are getting a little harder to find. A lot of things are going abroad. A lot of dealers here complain that um, all the JDM cars are going, you know, to the rest of the world. And and they and some dealers are now refusing to sell cars overseas where they they'll just say, like, no, we're not selling any cars abroad. We want to keep the cars here.
0: Hold on, hold on. Because you said you said something interesting uh in the chat. You were talking about the experience, the difference between buying a car in Japan versus buying a car in the United States. For example, that in Japan, you should not be asking any question at all whenever they are selling something. How the how how is the experience different because I, I'm pretty sure this is useful information for Alex who will go to Japan and purchase a car when he will go next year.
2: That's right. Yeah, I had a we had a really unique experience. So I've literally been looking to buy something um, for the last two years. And I would email somebody and I wouldn't get a response. So I'm using a US email address, right? I, I don't have a Japanese email. I can't write. And Hiragana or Katakana. So I just sent an email. And there's websites like Car Sensor where you can just send a generic request for price. But you still have to use your email. And I don't get a response. So I'm like, oh, that's strange. Huh. Uh, maybe I'll have my wife call. My wife will call right away. Or she, even if she emails with a Japanese email address, they'll respond to her within a couple hours. So because like, your wife is...
0: Is Jap- your wife is Japanese? And so yes,
2: yeah, she's uh, Japanese. You know, we, we grew up in the states, but she's Japanese. She she's a, she's a native. She can speak. She can she can write. And so, she would call or email and right away. Yeah, you know the cars. Whatever you get the price, all, all the info you need. <clears throat> so it's like, okay, well, I, I learned that I can't, they don't typically respond to foreign emails. And it's just, it's not that they don't want to deal with foreigner, foreigners. It's just that if they can't speak the language, they feel really uncomfortable doing so. And if they can't do, the culture here is if they can't do something like properly and efficiently, they just won't do Because that's just what they do every day, right? It's just all about efficiency, being very uh, cordial and and if they can't do that, it's almost like the light, just the switch just gets turned off and they're like, okay, I don't, I mean, I, the guy I bought my Ferrari from literally said he had, you know, several emails from foreigners that he just ignored because he doesn't want to deal with it. He doesn't understand the process. And he says it's just too much work for him. So he doesn't want to do it. Um, so that, you know, there's dealers that obviously cater to foreigners and, 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 and they love doing it. Yeah. And I think there's a, there's still the need for that. Um. There's that, and then and then I and then when we we went through that hurdle, we realized okay, so I can't send the emails because they won't respond to me, so I'll let my wife do it. So now I'm you know just begging my wife to oh, send this guy an email, send this guy an email. And then when we would ask a lot of questions, this was the really interesting part. To so say, oh, can you send me a picture of the of the underside because so I want to see if there's any rust. As you all know, there's a lot of rust issues in Japan. A lot of cars are rusted. A lot of cars are painted with black undercoating paint to hide the rust. Uh, especially when they're going to be imported, and we would just have a list of questions: Is there any rust? Uh, number of owners, blah blah blah. And when you would send that email, they just respond with, "Oh, sorry, the car is now under negotiation." So Oh wow! Okay. So the,
0: it was it was a a, a turnoff trying to close uh, any any conversation. Like there, there is no chance that you're going to get it.
2: Yeah. So and and you know the first time this happened, I thought. Great. Yeah. Okay. You know, good luck. It, it sold fast. That's, and, and I was, you know, I told my wife, like, yeah, I told you this was a good buy. It sold fast. And a week later, the car's still up for sale a month, even today, the car's still up for sale. And this was like six months ago. Um, and then we, there was another car. I was looking at a yellow Lancia Integrale, uh, email the guy yeah, the car's available. This is the price. Oh, okay. Can we get this, 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 this picture <laughs> email back and the exact same line. Oh, I'm so sorry. The car's under negotiation. <laughs> so I said, wow. Okay. Two completely different dealers. And, and I, I just told my, I asked my wife, I said, this is weird. What's going on? Like, do, do we need to change our approach? And then she said, let me talk to my brother. Um, he's a salesman. She has two brothers. Both of them are salesmen. One's for a big meat industry and the, the other one works for the hotel industry. Uh-huh. And they asked her what we did and they said, Oh, like right away. Oh yeah. That's not good. You're asking too many questions you come off as not trusting. Well, because trust what,
0: him. but then what are you supposed to do? I mean, if you want to know something about the car,
2: like pictures, whatever. But... Yeah. Not I a... think they, they, their suggestion was you have to physically go there. And if you notice, like, look at any cars for sale in Japan, do you see like 200 pictures? Very rarely you'll see like a handful of pictures, Yeah, 12, 15 pictures in the U S somebody puts up a car for sale and. You know typically it's 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 you you get whatever pictures and everybody's like yeah, yeah here's a picture of the underside and there's no rust but yeah that was very it was very interesting and you just kind of admit you know and this is just a specific example with a, a just a few dealers but i did realize that you have to approach them really it's like you have to be extremely polite and the typical american way of like hey can you send me a couple pictures doesn't usually work. Mm. So, uh, hey, is this still available? Things, hey, hey, is this still
0: available? That that maybe they may line may not work Yeah, system. you
2: almost you almost have to like describe your love for the car. Hey, I really love this uh, 996 GT3 and uh, big Metzger fan. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, you know, after after so many years of trying, we did we did find a car, but it's it's been um you know, it's been a, a quite a learning experience, and it, it, it's so different. And then they don't, you know, as everybody thinks Japan is this the futuristic place, and and people don't use like email very often. Uh, have family yeah. members that don't have laptops. I mean, it's uh, it's it's very different. I think I I I got that. Grant, I don't know
0: if you had the same impression, but I felt when I was in Japan in March that technology developed until like 2006, 2008, and then Japan said, that's it, that's enough. Uh, We're not going to develop anything else. So You see people with flip phones or with portable cameras, um, the display, I mean, they're all pretty, like they're not latest technology 3D like you would see in uh, um, in New York or or in London. I don't know, it it feels very like, yeah, this is enough technology, that's
3: it. No, that was my I would agree with that. I mean, it's the prime example, you go to Tokyo, Osaka, Kyoto, insert any of the big metropolitan areas, and you, heaven forbid, think you're going to use your credit card to buy yourself a train ticket. Not a thing. I mean, it's point taken, there is a cash-based culture still. You go to Europe, and you don't even need to carry an ID, let alone a credit card. Your phone will do everything, anywhere, anytime, uh you go to Japan, uh you try to go on a website to book a reservation, and it's like go see the service desk at the uh, place you want to go to. Uh it's really unique in that you know they reach the point of having websites and a lot of information available, but it's still a face-to-face environment there and pretty much everything you do.
0: Yeah, I I I think you you're right. I, I think it's it's old school. And if you don't speak the language, I mean <laughs> Uh, that that good good luck with that. But I still enjoyed it. I think it's it's fun. The gatherings, the the wild cars that you see. One the reason why I like Japan the most is that it's because they're enthusiasts. Most of the times they modify their cars. Any cars that they have, they will they will modify. They will change. They put a wing. Put wheels. Lower it. Do something to it. Um, I I don't know how you guys feel, but I. That's uh, in Europe is more about preservation of like the way it was OEM. Whereas in Japan is modify, modify, modify.
2: Yeah, they they, um, they modify everything here. I mean, you name it. It's, it's just um, maybe too much, right? If you're looking for something that's you want it to be slightly original, um, it's hard to find because everything is is touched in one way or another and, and I, I kind of that, that kind of goes to show how passionate they are about cars um you know they like they like their cars they want to fix them up or make them look different and make them look unique so yeah it's uh, it's it's the car culture here is, is pretty amazing like it no matter every day I go pick up my kids from school there's always something you know that I'm Seeing on the side of the road, I'm like, "Oh, I've got to pull over, I have to check this out." And my wife's like, "Come on, we have to, we have to <laughs> go." You know, nice, <laughs> uh, nice,
0: very nice, very nice. Alex, did we did we do a good job? Did are we convincing you? Are you booking?
1: Yeah, a flight? I have I have questions though. Tell me when. Tell me when. I'm, I'm oh. gonna I'm gonna ask you guys some questions.
0: Please go. Uh,
1: how does uh, this attitude that that Amar described? In dealing with foreigners, how does that align with the Japanese economy, which is essentially designed to export everything in this uh, auction-based economy, which is essentially what we have as a used car dealership network, which sends everything off? How how can they be uh, profiting in one way and and uh, trying to be sort of exclusionary in in another? It just it seems so interesting to me um
2: yeah i can probably please uh, so i i think the the auction world is pretty much detached from the world uh, i'm in so i'm looking at local dealers right i'm going to like uh, you know like you going to your local mitsubishi dealer and trying to buy a car from there as opposed to impossible a, to an there, auction are yard.
1: there are none well
2: yeah, <laughs> yeah of course you know what? okay i should have i should have said chevy or whatever yeah um, trick question yeah yeah but you know it's uh so yeah like de- dealing with dealers locally and so like if you're looking at something unique you go online you find something on car sensor then you might be dealing with like a local dealer who is, isn't pushing cars through auction one thing i notice here is when i'm looking through inventory I, I'm, I'm always browsing cars and, and and looking at potential buys or whatever and there's Auction sites, and you know, those cars are just specifically listed on the auction site. You can't find them anywhere else. And then there's cars being sold by the dealer that are only sold by the dealer. And then you have a mix of two. There's some dealers that are listed that they will list their cars locally and on an auction site. But, you know, the auction world is, yeah, it's, it's detached in the sense that it's catering to you guys, right? Their whole job is to sell cars, export cars. And so that's slightly a different role. So yeah, maybe there was some confusion there. But yeah, my dealings are with, you know, trying to buy a car locally um, as opposed to, to buying from an auction. Now, the stigma here in Japan, local people will buy from an auction, but typically auction cars are looked at as, and this is going to sound horrible. And I've been told this by a couple dealers, kind of like cars that are specifically meant to be sold to foreigners that aren't good enough. For no, a local no, Grant. Audio. Yeah. Grant <laughs> go burn
0: your Pajero. I'll do. I'll burn mine, and and we'll make a video. Well, I mean, that's honestly,
1: the, that's the key. That the piece right there.
3: But that also isn't much different than you know. You talk a big dealer here in the states, and they pick up a handful of used cars. They'll toss them on their lot for a week, and toss them on their website for a week. But let's be real, they're on the Mannheim list, and they're going to go somewhere else because they're not good enough to sell to anyone that steps foot into, you know, the Chevy, BMW, Porsche dealer, whatever it is, um, because they're just not good enough cars for that brand. They're waiting to go to the buy here, pay here lots, basically. Right. So I think there's still some overlap on the car market uh, to a certain extent on you no, know, each dealer's perception of what the car is. You know, I, I look at some of my uh, friends who've had car dealers, and they pick up cars from Manheim, and it's like you realize that you're buying cars that a dealership didn't want, right? Like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's why I'm, I'm going to have to get it for really cheap so I can fix it because it's a piece of crap.
0: So there isn't a Craigslist for
2: in Japan. Good question. They private sales here are like. Like, you know, you go in the U.S., you go to autotrader, cars.com, whatever, Craigslist. And Craigslist is only private sales. Maybe dealers advertise on there, but from what I remember, it was just private sales. There's nothing like that here. Like, you might go to Yahoo Auctions and find some guy, but we're talking it's maybe less than 1% of the market. Like, if I buy a car and I have something rare and collectible... I, I, if I want to sell that car, it's going to be so difficult for me to sell because people, a, won't trust the private seller, because the whole buying process is so, it's just so complicated and it's full of, you know, it, it's, it, it, there's just so many documents that you have to sign. There's so many checks and balances. It's, it's pretty obnoxious. I wouldn't want to be a private seller just for those reasons. Huh. And so. Yeah. The private market is very small. And so, you know, that's where the auctions come in and, and, and here people don't really, it's a service-based economy and kind of what Grant was saying earlier, it's face-to-face. There's a lot of networking. So people kind of want to meet you. They want to be in front of you. Uh, they want to negotiate, make a deal, buy the car and and go home and, you know, and you're going to offer them warranty. And, and there's so many inspections that take place too, when you're buying a car from a dealer right so yeah private sellers are uh it's yeah i I would i'd have to do research but i'm gonna say probably less than one percent of cars sold in japan are sold so man what am
0: i going to if i lived in japan i'm thinking what would i be looking on my phone on on the toilet i mean it's impossible i mean uh, i usually spend hours and hours on on Craigslist and uh, just fantasizing and sending emails that I regret probably five minutes later, and uh, and and trying to get out of of, uh, of a car that I that, that I fakely had interested in interested. In. Oh, it's fascinating. It's fascinating. Alex, sorry, you said you have many questions. I I, hope... I
1: have a few more. And the, the yeah. more Amar talks about this, the more interested I am. It's like you just mentioned that the private market is difficult because people don't uh, trust each other. And it's funny that like the taking photos and sharing photos is also unusual. It's like these things are all solvable problems that, that it seems like other markets have figured out, but Japan yeah. hasn't quite like figured out How do you gain trust by sharing information? How do you share information? You share pictures. It's like they haven't quite got there. It seems. In, but in I'll countries. share
0: pictures. I'll share pictures only if I trust you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, but like, you... it's interesting to see that U.S., sellers and successful new auction houses and if you look at Sotheby's there aren't too many pictures they're super high quality and there's an implication that the products that they're uh, selling are very high and that you might not need a lot of pictures but bring a trailer there's like a little bit more like cowboy cowboyism on there and so you get 200 pictures but that does build trust when you can see all the pictures and you can have a discussion with the people all
3: right. um, anyway back to, back to I'm sorry
1: yeah, yeah. So, Amar, when when you were buying your latest car, and your wife was sending emails, um, what was the reception from for for her as a woman to get emails inquiring on a car of that type?
2: Oh man, I have so many things to tell you guys. That so this this that's another awesome question. There was a uh, a red challenge Stradale um, being sold by what. So, you know, when I, when you're going through the listing, you just see a car for sale and the websites here are so like some of the designs are so bad. Car sensor is is, is a ex- prime example of a, it's a decent website, but you can't find like dealer information unless you click on a specific tab and scroll down and click on this. And so I didn't know that this dealer was like just dealing with extremely high end cars. They've got Enzo's and F40's. My wife picks up the phone calls because that's the easiest way. Just call And, uh, oh yeah, you've got the red. Well, she's speaking in Japanese, right? You've got, I just wanted to call and get the price on a red challenge Stradale. And the guy said, oh, wow. Um, are you representing somebody? And she said, no, why? And he said, oh, we never really get, listen, we never get females calling in asking for prices. Those were his exact words. And my wife laughed and said, yeah, I'm calling for my husband. He doesn't speak Japanese. And he said, okay, yeah, the car's. He mentioned the price and he said, same thing. The car's already under negotiation, oh, but this so is the crazy. price we agreed upon. That We've agreed upon a price of, it was like a 360,000 yen or whatever, 36 million. I, I, I'm so bad at doing this conversion because I just,
3: uh-huh.
2: you know, my mind is just stuck in USD, but whatever it, it you know, converts to 36 million, it'd be like a $300,000 car. Yeah. And he said, that's the agreed upon price. If you're interested, we'll put you on a list. Thank you. Bye. And then he just like hung up on it. And so my wife's like, yeah, he's, he was asking. And I'm like, oh, that's weird. And she's like, yeah, I don't know. It's a chauvinistic thing. Or, but she said that was weird. And she's like, I don't want to buy anything from those people. I'm like, okay, yeah. Likewise. That's not cool. But yeah, that was, that was, you know, one of those things where her being female, a lot of the guy, a lot of people are like kind of judgmental because just females just wouldn't do that, I guess here, you know, it's It's doubly difficult. Yeah. (laughs) And so, the latest guy we dealt with, man, he was amazing. Like he just uh he was a young kid, he's like twenty nine years old. He's got amazing cars. He was extremely friendly, he created a dropbox link. I mean, like this guy is just really rare in Japan. Uploaded like
0: 50 but was, photos, uh, Amar, a video.
2: Amar, was he was he Japanese? Yeah, he's Japanese, okay. but <laughs> But you know, he's he's. I guess you would consider him a millennial. Like, how old are millennials? I'm I'm in my 40s, so I don't know. 20s, 20, 29 is considered millennial. But you know, he's up with the times. He's he's internet savvy, and so he he's very rare. Because when we ask for pictures from people, we will get the the common response is, "Ah, okay, I'll I'll send pictures." Uh, the car's in a warehouse storage, and as soon as we, if they don't want to share pictures, like they just make excuses. And, you know, I'm still dumbfounded by a lot of these things. I don't understand. Uh, and my wife being, she's Japanese. She didn't, you know, spend her later years here. Like, she, she moved out of here when she was 16 years old. And then we came back in our 40s. So even she's like, uh, I don't know. I have to ask somebody why why we're not getting any responses. Like, we're literally trying to pay people money. Like, here, take money. We'll buy the car from you. And, and we're having a challenge just doing that. So it's, uh, yeah, it's... um. It's challenging. We're getting better at it. This one was was good. And but buying the Mazda, we just went into a dealership. We looked at the car. We said, "Oh, we like this car." They said, "Okay, sit down, sign the paperwork, you get the car." And then you have to wait
0: four but weeks before you receive the car, though. <laughs> but Amar, it's 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 a Mazda, so I I feel, I mean, you're buying something at a dealer. It, it should be a a new car or a newer car at the dealer is probably more more straightforward. We sure. we like we like to find the dirt in the belly button you know you we need to find if (laughs) if we find an evo it's that no it can't just be an evo it's an evo what is it it's an evo 4 rs what how are the chassis legs so we really dig and and those cars for people like us they unfortunately they they don't they're not at the dealer they're rarely at the dealer i did purchase my 93 rx7 at a dealer in uh Tulsa, Oklahoma, uh, with fifty thousand miles listed for. I think I paid thirteen thousand dollars or fourteen thousand dollars, something like that. And uh, but that that's extremely rare. I mean, usually yeah. what what we like is is usually. Yeah, actually, I don't know how. Sorry, Alex, I don't know if you have any more questions. You probably do because we barely answered one. We,
1: we, yeah, so, uh, yeah, we can keep talking, though. I can just interrupt at some point. No, no, no. I don't want to interrupt you guys. I'm just trying to be very conscious of not interrupting. I'm, I'm from New England, so we just talk over everybody. We talk quickly. We don't care. We don't listen to answers, so whatever.
2: Yeah, yeah you're very close to Italy there. Uh, <laughs> I think, Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm the what, same. So this is an exercise in patience here for me.
0: no i um no alex go ahead we we are we need to prepare you for your trip to japan next year okay good good. then you can find the car so go ahead
1: back up a little bit here and for listeners they need to understand a confusing thing with andrea and amar that both of their internet handles have the word mezger in them so it's an (laughs) unusual thing sometimes on instagram one posts i think it might be the other anyway just some
0: background. We, we, we do our best to confuse others.
1: Yes. Uh, so that was something I just wanted to mention earlier. I've obviously been sitting on that for about half an hour. So <laughs> the, the other thing is, it, this could be a new topic and we don't have to hit it right now. But from what I'm gathering from what Amar is saying and what other people here are sort of indicating is that there's a lot of pride around Japanese cars domestic uh, ownership of something uh, like they're trying to keep the good ones there. Correct me if I'm wrong. But what's so interesting is a lot of these cars weren't designed there. They weren't born there, but the country still has some kind of ownership of mm-hmm. a feeling like this car means a lot to this country. And the only ones I can think of that, that were, I'm sure there are others, but I've just been brainstorming. Like a GTR is a very uh, uh, iconic Japanese design, and the the the, the original designer was Japanese, et cetera, et cetera. The Mitsubishi Evo, same thing. Subaru, not the same. Uh, Mitsubishi Pajero, not the same. Uh, so it's interesting. In, in in a lot of the other cars that come out of Japan, they're very cool. Like we see a lot of uh, JDM Alpina BMWs, AMGs. We see Lancia deltas come out. Uh, and if the good ones are staying, it's just it's sort of interesting to, to un- try to understand why they're staying.
3: Well, then on that point, too, like your prime example, the most JDM of JDM cars, right? Uh, GTR, but, you know, what's right there on that list? The RX-7, which was designed in California. Um,
1: right. Yeah, exactly. It's the,
3: it's the, you know, iconic car of Japan. Uh, but I think, you know, in a more rooted sense, yes, I believe the Japanese, of course, they want to make, the best product, like what Amar said, you know, if I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it well and I'm going to do it right. Uh, But I also think that much like Amar's experience, there's also, I don't know if xenophobia is the right word to put it, uh, but it's, we want to keep our country, our country, and we want foreigners. We want their money, but not too much of it. Everything's better in moderation. So we'll take foreigners in moderation. We'll take foreigners money in moderation, but if it comes at a cost to, you know, the pride of, what I do or what I, I have as my country, you know, this nationalistic kind of uh, love, I, I will take yeah. a little bit of community approach and I'll save face for the country at the cost of my business. Right.
0: Yeah, yes and no, and this is that. For me, I mean it, <clears throat> I, I, I don't know the Japanese culture as well as some of you guys, but uh, I do know that I am in plenty of groups that are talk about Lotus talk about Mitsubishi talk about rally cards on Facebook and all you can hear all you hear is or that I can that I read is that um oh next year the U.S. are going to open up so I'm getting my 99 ready for the U.S. market um then oddly enough they realize that prices here are not as high as in their in their country, right? Uh, left, uh, uh, I think EVOs go uh, Mitsubishi EVOs go for higher prices in 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 Europe than here, but they are all ramping up to be ready to sell the car to the US. So I I, I mean I think there is a maybe nationalistic approach that uh, the Japanese culture has to keep them there, but. I don't know from what I can see most of the people they just they just care about the money man.
1: Yeah. Well, we do, right? In the NSX, uh Pininfarina. Right, Italian, Andrea. Yeah, I to- know I was
0: there. I was there okay. when we designed it. <laughs> and, uh, anything yeah. that is Italian, I was there. Hanging um, out
1: with Giorgetto Giugiaro.
0: Giorgetto Giugiaro yes me and him we go way back we we used to play Tetris together he was good oh, nice. he, always tried to, yeah, he was always trying to change shapes and stuff and I was like no man that's not how it works um, well uh, so we talked a little bit or a lot about Japan and I think it's I think Alex you have all you need
1: I'm good. I'm good. Thank you, guys. Appreciate you. Uh, to be, to, your... be to,
0: to go to Japan. When when okay. are you going? Okay. We fully expect videos of you going into a dealer without speaking a word of Japanese and trying to purchase a car. <laughs> Getting uh, denied. Yeah, correct. And then yeah. uh, contacting. Fancy cars dealers out of the blue. I mean, we we want to we need you to test everything that Amar has shared with us. I'll do the yeah, recording. It'll be really yeah, fun, well,
1: actually. It'll I'll be bring fun. my
2: wife along for for the translation. Yep, <clears throat> yep. Please She'll do, have, please, it'll please do. It'll be very
1: painful for her, I'm sure.
2: <laughs> um,
0: Alex, I wanted to I wanted to ask you because you're the one out of everybody who has the most projects in the house. Uh, or in the uh
1: not even backyard
0: in the yard uh maybe we'll, you... we'll
1: just we'll just take that at face value I, these guys have projects too, but I, I won't claim to have the most, but I have some good projects, sure
0: you have some good projects tell yep. tell us a little bit about it because I think this year you made some uh some uh huge step forwards for humanity right in your projects so.
1: yeah, yeah, I think so so the biggest project I have right now is an E30 M3, and it's a 1988 chassis. And I bought this car. Uh, it was a former BMW club racing car that had been raced a few times, and had sort of this like strangely engineered but well executed roll cage in it. And I bought basically a, a rolling shell, and it was barely rolling. It was not complete. Those
0: um, are such the the easiest projects, right? yeah yeah it's a rolling shell it's fine
1: yeah Yeah. and i learned a lot you know there's no easy way we could do a whole episode on this but there's no easy way to figure out the fastest or most cost-effective route to executing your vision and this has been a lesson in that uh how long have long? you been working on it? It's like year three now, which is year the longest three. project I've ever had by a long shot. And I, as I get older, I get more patient, which is helping enormously with this, with this uh, uh, journey. But the, uh, so my, my goal in the end is to produce a 1990 spec uh, DTM replica, Oof. which is very tricky. I've never tried to build a replica car before. Typically, I would just try to build a fast car and not one that was like correct, and it's. Yeah. I find it to be it's awesome and fun to do, but I find it to be like much more challenging because you have to kind of follow rules, and then you have to learn the rules before you follow them. So it's been yep. it's been fun. Um, the the shell right now, after about a year of cutting and grinding the old cage out, driving it seven hours to Pennsylvania to get it acid dipped, picking it up, bringing it back, priming it. And then bring getting the, a roll cage end up being the wrong one from the UK, selling it, getting the right one from the UK, uh, then wow. bringing it. My friend, it's like on and on and on. So the roll cage is almost done. I'm actually going tomorrow to check it out, make sure we're we're looking good, and then I'll take the car back and uh, do a test fit of all these parts.
0: So basically, you just you just need to put all the parts back in, right?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, that's they need to go on and then come off, and then the car needs to get painted.
0: What color are you going to paint I it?
1: think white. And if you're being a BMW snob, you say Alpine Vice. Alpina, yes. Alpi,
0: Bianco Alpina Alpina Vice. Yeah,
3: yeah. Also, also, Weiss. Alex, it's not good enough to say Alpine White as a BMW snob myself. It's Alpine White 2.
1: Yeah, Very yeah, thank you.
3: It's Alpine White 2.
1: Right. Dry, yeah. right? Is that two, so eins, drei? So- and zwei, zwei, yeah. zwei.
0: Yeah. And zwei, poli zwei. That, that was the song. <laughs> uh, very cool. Do you have an expected... Oh, actually, before the expected date, what are you going to do with it? Okay. Are you going to sell it to Japanese customers without applying yeah. to their emails?
1: <laughs> yeah, I'll send it to auction immediately. Uh, I think that uh, the the... Well, first, the goal is just to build it. And then I'll do time trials with it and track days. But, like, the ultimate goal is to do some endurance racing with it. You know, maybe oh, we wow. get together. Maybe the boys here get together and we, we do something. And Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Work. I need to dust off my SCCA. No, I have a NASA, NASA competition. Wait,
1: like wait. This. Let's think bigger. Let's think bigger. Where would be the ultimate place to drive an E30 M3? The number ran, of course. Oh, no. Thank you, Grant. No. Yes. No,
0: no, you don't want to race it at the Nurburgring.
1: Twenty-four hours.
0: No, man. So speaking, <laughs> I we're totally going to digress. Uh, Twenty-four hours of the Nurburgring. Amar, I was talking to uh, Frenchie. Uh, yeah. I, I, when I went to Baja uh, with with Rhys Millen, I got the chance to meet one of his friends and another stuntman, <laughs> and just all an mo- amazing person. Stefan. Uh, Stefan. Stefan. And you know him too, Alex?
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. What a great dude. And I was telling him about the the 24 hours of, of the noodle grain that I would like to race there. At one point, and he looks at me he's like, why would you do something so stupid? But not in the, this is stupid, you should do it. More in, <laughs> this is really stupid, don't why? do it. Why? Um Because he says that it is just way too dangerous. And especially Mm -hmm. if you're racing in uh, a lower class, Mm -hmm. um, if there are higher spec cars at night, they come on you at a speed that you have no idea. And Mm -hmm. it's completely dark and they blind you. And and he said, because I think he did the race uh, and he said it was just, not fun not even fun at all especially at night maybe during the day is different sure. but so what that's why i'm like
1: hour? what about 12 hours, Keep it we, could 12. 12 hours. Yeah, we could 12. do it a- 12 hours we could do it. we'll start there but i do want to ship it to europe and do some races there um this is obviously sounding a lot like a pipe dream but uh it'll happen and uh yeah. it's cheaper to race there than here i think but just getting yeah. the car there is expensive
0: it's true. It's true. But I, I fully, if I can get some seat time on the track in an uh, E30 M3, I am, co- I completely agree with your plan, and yeah. I will continue <laughs> to add uh, fuel to the fire. Good, so very that's, good.
1: That's the plan. We get two more years. We get two years left because there's some expensive stuff coming up. Okay, well, two more years. But I, I think, uh, I think you're you
0: solve most of the head scratches. Uh, right, with the chassis. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. The tough No, stuff it's only to put it together. And, it's and only to...
1: Put no, honestly, it it's way more fun. Let me just say one more thing, and, and that is, in Europe, this is a way different experience because you have geographical density, you have an industry there that's designed for this. Like uh, all these guys that are making M3s that you see on Instagram, it's like they're just project managers and they're just really? running it from one subcontractor to the next. Whereas we... Have to like invent the wheel over here. There's no place to get um, your car like uh, rust proofed, for example, here after you yeah. uh, sandblast it. There's very few places to get chemical dipping or media blasting from like an experienced person. There's no body shops that want to paint a race car because they don't want to paint the inside. They can't figure it out. Like everything is hard. And over there, you can call Matter and you can order a shell with an FIA cage in it. For forty thousand euros it's a oh my god value. yeah i know
0: i know i know europe is and uh i have a friend fun, in cyprus you know? i have a friend in cyprus well from cyprus and he just bought a dc2 uh honda integra type r right hand drive because in cyprus they they drive on the right on the left side end mm-hmm. uh, of the road anyways he told me that he uh the labor to replace the radiator, uh, replace all the shocks and put new shocks, do um, the – he did, he did uh, an alignment, um, mount and balance four tires, uh, and then he had an exhaust leak that they had to weld something. It was $300.
1: <laughs> Crazy. So
0: I'm thinking about shipping all my cars to Cyprus and just – have them there and ship them back. It's, it's crazy. No, I agree. Um, and and you, Europe is uh, the uh, Europe here in the US. I know everything is getting more expensive, but they're putting prices for work that it it's out of this world. So
1: I'm on, I'm on another list, uh, like a chat group with guys uh, similar to this one, you know, guys that have more buying power than i do and these guys ship their cars to england to have them worked on and to italy to have them worked on then they ship them back for that saves the money it it makes
0: it uh, makes total sense it makes it makes absolutely absolute sense here that you are sandy you don't have that expertise that you that you have in.
3: yeah it's
1: part expertise and time and money it's everything everything's better i mean i will say
3: here in utah because of the massive off-road culture um, there's also a pretty large track here with a decent following. Some of these things that you describe, I would think would be not problems out in the Boston, kind of greater Boston area. Um, but here in Salt Lake city, if you wanted to have somebody build you a cage, just take it 40 miles down the road, because there's a guy that does cages, uh, drag it to one yeah, of the 46 true. different shops out of the track, because of the way they set up uh Utah motorsports campus, you've got garages for days. They they have on-site garages that enable you to have tenant days, so people do test and tune type builds out there. Um, There's a, I think it's Unplugged Performance has an EV shop out there that's doing some development on their cars. Uh, It's interesting that uh, we've got some of that here in the middle of nowhere, Utah. Yeah, Hmm.
1: I believe it. I think it's the land and the labor. If you want (laughs) to find a cure for cancer, Boston's your place, but if you need some, like, skilled technical labor it's not your place well very
0: good now we know where to where to get cured or where um, yeah lots of technical stuff happening but not a lot of cool to put a roll cage uh very good uh grant uh, coming to you what are you have any plans i know you're selling a bunch of stuff you can advertise it here Uh, yeah you know uh, what plans do you have
3: uh, I've got an unfortunate uh, work move that's going to send me to Chicago for uh, a few months coming this uh, summer. I'll be gone for 10 months, and I don't know where I'm going to be transferred to beyond that point. Uh, so I'm kind of in this weird conundrum. I've got uh, a whole bunch of cars. Uh, I've got the Pajero Evolution that I bought from Zaid, who actually just joined us. Uh, oh, my goodness. A- he made it. He made uh, it. <laughs> it. I had run. Hour.
1: Extend the pod. <laughs> oh, my God. But, uh, got I uh the.
3: Got the yeah, Pajero, go ahead, sorry. Got the RX7, uh, fdrx 7 uh, I've got a swap to E30. I uh, got a couple of daily drivers: a 328 wagon, uh, Mini Cooper JCW, uh, an Audi so E4. Is your,
0: so, Grant, is your goal to sell everything?
3: So that's that's maybe a, a question for the group. You know, it's it's up for much debate. Uh, and one part, I say I sell just a couple of things: sell like the E30, or just sell the Pajero. Uh, or the on the flip side, just say, you know, screw it. I'll just sell everything. Uh, and then once I figure out where my established new home will be, uh, man, I'll have $100,000. I could buy a number of things and just uh, – I could buy a AMG GTS and a, and a 190E Evo, or 190E uh, 16, and still potentially have some money to spend. Oh, that could be fun. Or I could just buy a bunch of clapped-out beaters and work on cars for days. I, I don't know.
0: I don't know. I think Zaid has the answer on what you should do. Um, if he can unmute himself. I don't think he can. Maybe he's still asleep. Oh,
4: uh, I think did I get it? You did. Uh, okay. Uh, I know exactly what to do. I'm an expert on this. You gotta sell everything you I have. You.
0: I told you. you out. See? But does out he need to room. sell it to, does he does he need to sell it to you at thirty percent less than what he's thinking? That's that? that's
4: probably the best thing to do for him. It's easy and it's convenient for both of us,
0: you know. I figured I figured um Zay, thank you for blessing us with your presence. <laughs> um it is uh it is highly regarded and uh, um it is it's incredibly welcomed. Um can I can I ask you because we are about to close the podcast, but uh, we talked a little bit about Japan's auctions and buying and selling. I know you're not interested in these trivial activities of <laughs> of buying vehicles for profit uh, and and try to sell them, right? I actually, after all that we said, and Zaid, you have no idea what we talked about, but you you will have to listen to the podcast. I I Amar, I am dying to think about Zaid in Japan trying to purchase a car or a vehicle with his patient very close to zero Kelvin. I mean, it would be incredible to see him uh, uh, dealing with Japanese.
4: It would be a disaster, I think.
0: Yeah, yeah. But as a spectator, I would be the spectator. So I think it would be extremely entertaining.
4: You got to think about how it feels for me. I'm going to a place where my demeanor is completely irrational and inefficient it's 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 gonna I'll feel miserable I'll probably be depressed um, I'll probably stay in the small tiny hotel room you know those capsules probably no, no, no. all day
0: no 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 I have the solution I have the solution you and Alex go together um, so you balance each other out uh, and it's <laughs> gonna be great it's gonna be great this is Zay. what uh what do you have going on uh next year actually you have something more short term right like a a little motor vehicle that leaks water in it i'll, but I'll tell you guys what you, happened
4: today okay
0: so to, <laughs> to, to go to lunch with a with a stranger and, and potentially <laughs> uh, be at risk of being kidnapped but uh we
4: had a very nice day today so i get out of class and i'm like hey i gotta enjoy enjoy life i go i put the top down and it gets stuck halfway and half the top rips you know because it's brittle and it gets stuck and so i'm i'm here the the top stuck. i can't do anything i'm stuck there you know you can't drive with the top half up uh and uh yeah it's it's still like that it's still like that you didn't fix it No, no no it's not fixed I'm I'm going to fix it after this.
0: Oh. Well, uh that's uh amusing. I can I just picture a... I would really like to see you driving by with uh, with the roof half up and and you just come super serious like nothing happened.
4: Yeah, that's uh, if you saw me 30 minutes ago trying to get here as quick as I could, then uh would have been entertaining.
3: I, I do have a feeling that Zade your fix might be a little Jeremy Clark's and and it's going to require uh, a bit of a hammer shaking, violent uh, maneuvering of this poor top.
4: Yeah, you'd know that if you looked at your Evo in any
3: other angle (laughs) other than straight. I mean, all I have to do is take off any piece of hardware and it will still leak sand a year later. So uh, I I feel like I truly understand what it takes to be Zade.
4: Yeah, you know, sand is a natural lubricant, okay? You know, just like ball bearings or graphite.
0: (laughs) Enter Sandman. Um, okay. Well, uh, when are you, when are you selling that car? Say it as soon as possible, whenever the profit (laughs) rings are your door.
4: Yeah. So once a spring comes around, you know, and I'm done with it, you know, I just, I had my way with it and I'll throw it out. That's usually how it goes.
0: Will you, will you be having lunch with whomever will purchase the car from you? Just like you did when you purchased it.
4: I, I definitely won't screw them. I don't okay. like whoever buys it because, uh, yeah. Perfect.
0: We'll 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 make sure we can add them to the Discord chat if we, <laughs> if we find him <laughs> or her. Um, okay. Uh, so we talked to Alex Grant Zed Amar. Uh, what are your plans for the year? You have quite a toy coming in, and you also have like a few inches of or, or millimeters of, of snow coming in as well. How are you going to be able to drive that toy?
2: Yeah, I've got a, I ended up buying a Ferrari 360 Challenge Stradale. Um, And yeah, we've, the weather's actually been a lot warmer than than normal for this time of year. And so hopefully I'll get the car next week. Um, I was supposed to get it the first week of December, but just got pushed back because they just got the plates on the car. And so if I do get it next week, we have snow scheduled for a couple days. And in Hokkaido, you can get a foot of snow in a day. And so if that happens, it's just literally gonna arrive on a tow truck and get backed into the garage and just sit there until the winter's over. Um, Yeah, hopefully I can drive it. Otherwise it's just gonna sit on a, it's just gonna sit on a a trickle charger for and I'll be in California and I've gotta go to Australia next year. So maybe March, if if it's snowy, (laughs) I won't be able to drive the car until March. But I'll have it in my possession, which will be nice. If I can stare at it.
0: Keep it uh keep it absolutely on the trickle charger because okay. um the Ferrari 360, uh if the battery goes even a bit below fifty percent charge, and fifty is an absolute arbitrary number that I came up with, uh it it will screw up your whole computer system. So uh, definitely wow, okay. do that. And I, and I hope this adds stress in you thinking about your car, not in your possessions, but your funds also not in your possessions. And you may be somewhere where it's not on a trickle charger. I'm just kidding. Uh, then you're going to Australia. So we're definitely going to send you cars to go check out for us. I think Australia and New Zealand are the new JDM markets. Um, and I think you can find some pretty good cars there uh, very well maintained they speak in English they're not as picky uh, when you ask them for pictures so um, definitely markets that are that are interesting for me to to um, that are that I'm looking at um, and then I I kind of wanted to get everyone's pulse on um, on like car prices and how they how you guys are seeing them I see many broken hearts. Um, from sellers mainly, uh, that they're asking ridiculous prices. Um, and I don't think uh, they're going to get it. I think the market has softened quite a bit. Um, I was looking at the GT3 market because that's the car that I like. And uh, it's it's amazing how many new GT3s they have made, which does not justify the 50, 70, 100 Uh, sorry, $100,000 of just a dealer fee. Um, So I think prices are going to start to come down to realistic level, and that is sports cars and also normal cars. Um, I see a ton of GTRs coming in and being for sale. I see a ton of R33s in the 50s, where before they were in the 70s. So, uh, I don't know if anyone wants to go first, but uh kind of what is what is your feeling what what are you seeing the the prices of i would say sought after cars more than generic cars going. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. So better, guys.